your boy, the one and only Ace Witch, aka, let me suck on them kneecaps, aka, I keep spilling shit on myself, aka, let me put a, put a, put a sour patch, sour patch kid, or your nipple, let me suck. <laughs> oh, that's wild. That's the wildest. That's the wildest. Um, AKA the nigga little master. Bringing you yet another episode of Switching Sites, episode 168. Um, I know I took a little break, another break. Um, also, I was kind of experimenting and uh, I might potentially mess with uh, doing a doing a maybe potentially switching this to a monthly type podcast, but we'll see. I don't know. We'll we'll play it by ear, but yeah, I don't know. I was kind of digging just the uh, maybe kicking this down to monthly, but we'll see. <laughs> Either way, we shall see. Um, well, so much has happened since we last talked, but um, I don't recall everything <laughs> that did. I was, of course, diligently taking notes and and whatnot uh, for stuff to talk about in this episode. But we got some good stuff to discuss um, on this episode of Switches Sites. <sighs> what was I going to do? Well, we, we were going to talk about the, the Xbox Direct, my top 10 games of 2022. So just to give you a little taste of what to expect with this show. So you know what? Let's stop the dilly-dallying and get right into it because we got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> so uh, first topic of discussion Uh, Xbox Developer Direct. Uh, I caught a little bit of it. Caught a little bit of it, and uh, it was uh, pretty decent. Pretty decent. Um, at least let's go over what all of what was announced. Uh, we got Elder Scrolls Online. Um, basically, them announcing their whole effort. I think there's a substantial new update. I know there's very mis a lot of miscellaneous updates to Elder Scrolls Online, like damn near 15, 16 pieces of content um, on its own. But, um, you know, you got that. I think they said also all of it will be free to play. Um, at least before having to pay for this new content, I want to say. So you got that. Yeah, and I think they're going to have a more in-depth announcement or kind of a showcase for that specifically. New Forza Motorsport was announced. Um, man, this was revealed back in 2020. Uh, apparently, it's going to drop in spring 2023. It wasn't at least that wasn't announced in the trailers, but at least that that is the, the understanding that uh, sometime around spring of, of this year is when 
that will drop. Minecraft Legends. Um, I I thought they made a Minecraft Legends, but I think I got the terminology. Minecraft Dungeons, I think. That's what I'm thinking of. But uh, yeah, Minecraft Legends, it seems similar, but I'm guessing it's different. Uh, PvP multiplayer. Action strategy type of vibe. So yeah, sure. Not really my cup of tea, but. Um, they also showed Arcane's Redfall, which was announced, I think, last year. And they actually dropped the, the release date, which is May of this year. May 2023. So that was fairly surprising. Of course, another another big highlight is um, uh, Tango Gameworks. Of course, the people that made uh, The Evil Within um, and Ghostwire Tokyo uh, coming out of nowhere with a totally just straight up random uh, unexpected game called Hi-Fi Rush. I want to do it. I want to do it. Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush, which is basically, I haven't not played it, at least what was shown, kind of like an action adventure game, but with the main, I guess, uh, consistent theme being like uh, rhythm and beat. So, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, white people, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's it's going to be tough. <laughs> uh, but seriously, um, it's basically based on beats. And basically, uh, the game incentivizes you to stay on rhythm in terms of, I guess, from what it looks like doing certain attacks, as well as the en- environment in the world it reacts to the beat and or the, the music essentially that's going on, um, which is pretty dope. Um, it seems like a, another valid attempt compared to, um, I think, the at least last notable game that tried that was Def Jam Icon, where basically, you know, what was cool about that any almost any song you could you could play would react to uh the music so you could do custom soundtracks and stuff like that so i'm curious if it's something uh similar or close to that which would be pretty 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 dope i would dig it i would dig it very much um so yeah and also that that uh got a shadow drop the full game mind you was released yesterday so um free on game pass. Well, you know, if you have game pass, so that is a pretty damn dope, pretty damn dope shadow drop. I'm definitely interested to play it, but I've been playing a lot of other stuff, uh, but I'll eventually, um, get to playing that. But outside of that, that was pretty much all that was, uh, the Xbox developer direct, um, overall, Hey, <laughs> Xbox got some games. So obviously that's the biggest, criticism I think a lot of people have with Xbox so um it seems like hey this year might be the year that they definitely at least start making that initiative to turn things around so moving on uh PS5 revision is uh apparently coming this year According to the infamous uh, Tom Henderson, um, basically, I think this was also uh, brought up a couple times previously, but basically uh, a new PlayStation 5 with a detachable disk drive is in the works. So basically you could 
you have the option to buy the PS5, this this new PS5 without a disk drive. And, you know, if you change your mind down the road, you can buy one, um, which is pretty was a pretty dope. Uh, I, I say way to do it, um, even though I don't know, in particular, the no one I would always have discs, but it is cool, at least to give you the consumer an option to, you know, maybe you don't see yourself getting discs or playing with discs or to save money and then, you know, buy that down the road due to, you know, how generally fairly expensive consoles are. But, um, that's cool. Other than that, no substantial like upgrades, no, like this is not going to be the PS five pro or like a mid mid gen upgrade or anything like that. It just seems to be just solely a, uh, console refresh where, you know, pretty much normally in pretty much the history of consoles, They've all always made uh, new reiterations of uh, existing console with cheaper, cheaper, more efficient parts to overall just have a uh, make production cheaper to uh, do. So uh, seems to be par on course in that respect. Uh, one thing uh, I think a lot of people asked was that if you have a PS5 digital version of the, the first um first generation, I guess that's technically be applicable. If you have a first generation, uh, PS five digital version, if you could purchase this, uh, disc drive, um, and it seems like that's not the case, but who knows, maybe like a firmware update might make that more viable. Um, so, I mean, it does have a, a USB, USB, not USB C. Or yeah, I think USB-C uh, in front of the console that, that should be able to support a disk drive technically, but maybe it might be something after, you know, it's been out in the wild a bit and maybe people are yearning for it, but who knows? But interesting nonetheless, um, just specifically just having a detachable disk drive. I'm just curious how it would work. Like, would it be just like a thing you slot in and slot out and maybe have something in its place if you don't have a disk drive? which I think would be cool. I think will be personally be very aesthetically pleasing, but I digress. So then you got that and keeping that Sony train going. Gee, gee. Uh, we also, also, got a uh, project Leonardo, which was announced at uh, CES that happened, uh, I think earlier this month, um, where basically this is Sony's answer to the Xbox adaptive controller. So basically it's a, a adaptive controller of itself where it's, you know, meant to be accessible to people with disabilities and, and uh, things of that nature, uh, which seems pretty cool. It seems pretty cool. It looks like it has pretty much all the fixings uh, to fully customize it, how you see fit. Um, and hey, I always respect that. Uh, the more people that can play video games, the better I say, personally. You know, we love to see it. We love to see it. Also, We got, 
some interesting news in terms of the PlayStation five sales as a whole, uh, for the end of year, um, results. So the PlayStation five sold, uh, 30 million units as of, uh, December, 2022, which damn, that's gotta give it up. That's a lot. That's a lot of PS5s. That's a lot of PS5s to sell. Let me tell you. That's that's a damn that's a damn country. <laughs> that's a damn country of PS5s. Um, which is not really a surprise. Uh, PS5 has always been generally ahead of the console race in terms of like you know the um the uh. Uh, what is it called when you, with the tickets, uh, scalping, scalping wise, uh, PS five has always been in the top of the list among, you know, amongst the other common, commonly scalped stuff. Uh, of course the shortage of PS fives has always been the consistent, you know, talk of the town for the longest until like, I think somewhat recently that PS fives are actually more accessible, at least from the PS five, uh, direct store. Um, so at least it, it, it definitely, it looks like all that w- went in PS5's favor regardless. I mean, you normally don't hear, you know, what's up with the Xbox stock situation. Well, I guess it was more, at least initially, like when they released back in 2020, but still it was just <sighs> good job on Sony though. I mean, I'm not at the same time, not too surprised, but uh, at least obviously amidst the, the chip shortage and supply chain delays um, and the pandemic, um, that's still pretty commendable, you know. Next, did I get rid of my window? I didn't want to do it. Did not want to do that. I promise I didn't want to do that. Come on. Um next topic. Bayonetta three is getting, uh, or has gotten by now, uh, a substantial, uh, patch, uh, for a lot of things. Um, at least I feel a sneeze coming on. I really feel it. Come on. Okay. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe not. Oh, I feel it. It's going to come at some point. Um, uh, in terms of the, this substantial update, a lot has been apparently fixed. I've yet to call, go back to it after I beat it. Um, a ton of Viola fixes, which that was a big issue for me. Um, I think they fixed her parry and her blocking. I think the controls, uh, potentially for it, but at least the pair, the, the Viola parry time, it was very annoying and like not even worthwhile. Like at least from what I recall, when you tried to parry, it was very, um, not worth it. You, you got like a millisecond of time, especially compared to Bayonetta, um, in the same game. Um, and I think a lot of her controls and just a lot of her stuff was not, was not very fun. Um, so hopefully a lot of that was fixed. Uh, a few weapons were, or tweaked, um, to allow wink slave access. I think that might be the, the slave, um, kaiju system. I want to say, 
uh, seven Niflheim secret missions made easier. I think like a lot of the times are more generous now, which <laughs> I ended up not bothering to do them because I was like, yeah, these, I, I just didn't feel like I, I was more so on track to just beat the game and figure, see what the story was like. Uh, the golem fragment quest collect pieces has not only been made easier, but you can now fast forward through the cutscene. Lots of bug fixes. Um, so that's good. I think they also made a thing where it was like a secret. Um, the conditions to do it are way more lenient now where basically I think the secret was to basically play an upcoming Bayonetta related game that was announced or it was like kind of like a demo in a way. Um, so that's good for Bayonetta three. I'm not sure if all these would fix the, the, the many issues I have with the game, but nonetheless, pretty good. And of course the performance issues when it comes to the Nintendo switch, but it's good to see at least, you know, platinum still making changes and efforts to make the changes. So also uh, death verse is going to be shut down. Deathverse, uh, for those that don't know, Deathverse Let It Die, which is, it's hard to say, I guess it's kind of a sequel to, sequel to Let It Die it, in terms of the name and the vibe and, you know, design, but it feels fair, uh, pretty different um, compared to Let It Die. Consider Let It Die as like a single player, like asymmetrical or what's the word, asynchronous um, multiplayer game. Um while this one is a like kind of semi battle royale, uh, melee game, I guess. Um, I remember at least playing it. It was not that fun, but at least in terms of the statement, uh, to all our players, thank you so much for the kind of support of death first let it die. Incredibly grateful to everyone who enjoys and enriches the game in this community. There is no doubt, uh, that we experienced some challenges since long the game, particularly with regards to end game matchmaking and lag deeply apologize for these issues that may be caused, uh, that caused inconvenience to our players. While we try various solutions to some degree of success, we have not been able to resolve the underlying problems. As a result, the development and operations teams have been made, have made the decision to temporarily suspend the game's services while we redevelop Death first, let it die. This was a difficult decision for us to make. However, we believe that re-releasing the game with significant improvements will allow it to be enjoyed by a wider audience as well as our current players. Considering how much time goes into developing a game and that there is a finite number of games uh, one can possibly make in a lifetime, it's impossible to say at this stage whether this is the right choice, but we love this game and are proud proud to have developed it together as a team. Therefore, we believe this is the best possible decision at this time. We will be doing our utmost to prepare for the re-release so that our current community can enjoy the game alongside many more new players in the future. Greatly appreciate your understanding and support. So yeah, at least for me, yeah, I played like a couple uh, here and there. I think I played the beta and then when it technically, I guess, came out, if you will, and yeah, I just, it just wasn't hitting for me. It just really wasn't. I don't know. It's just a, it's hard to describe, but you know, like when you just have a feel for a game and it just doesn't, 
feel good. And don't get me wrong, I love me some janky some janky games. I've I've had I've enjoyed my fair fair share of janky games, but it, it I don't know, it's something maybe about the multiplayer element of it where, you know, I felt like when I got killed it was fairly cheap. Um, and that it wasn't, it didn't feel necessarily fair, if that makes sense, which, um, you know, so hopefully at least them, uh, taking the time, excuse me, to rework this game will hopefully, um, work, work in their favor and, uh, maybe result in a much better game than at least what we got. So I'm all for it. I'm, it's crazy though, that they literally, like cut it off. Um, but I mean, it's understandable considering issues and presumably not as many people may be playing it after, you know, experiencing it and whatnot. Uh, also like brief mentioned, uh, Marvel's Avengers is, uh, basically on its way out too. Um, I think it's ending fairly quicker. Let me check. Yeah, Marvel's Avengers and in development. Following update on 2H on March 31st, 2023, will no longer add new content or features to Marvel's Avengers. All official support for the game will end September 30th, 2023. So, considering that it is online, I'm curious if it's still if it will still be accessible to play online okay yeah they say you'll still be able to play it even in multiplayer there just won't be any further updates or even technical support for it after september 30th so hopefully they get rid of all the uh pay to pay to play or uh the um, microtransactions but We'll see. We'll see. So yeah, man, all of them getting a cut, getting a cut. Um, so with that being said, that'll, uh, do it for the, uh, topics news for this week. Get into what I've been playing. Uh, let's do it. Top 10 games, 2022. Um, number 10, Pokemon Arceus Legends. Um, I was very surprised by this game when I played it last year. Uh, it was pretty, what's the word? It was like a breath of fresh air, I'd say in terms of the game, uh, in regards to like, you know, obviously the, the typical Pokemon formula and all that. And at least playing this definitely gave me a lot more hope in terms of Pokemon as a whole, <laughs> even though I didn't play a uh, sword and shield, not sword and shield. What's the one that came out uh violet and Scarlet when that came out later this year because of the bugs, <laughs> but I'll probably play it at some point. But this definitely felt very, the closest to what I wanted a traditional Pokemon game to be, uh, in regards to, you know, actually seeing the Pokemon out in the wild 
and then catching them. And then of course, all the other miscellaneous stuff in terms of, you know, certain Pokemon only, you know, being able to be met during certain conditions and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy Pokemon Legends Arceus. So that's why I put it at number 10, number nine, uh, Sifu, um, what do I say about seafood? Well, of course it's a beat em up. So at least that then and there always puts it in my, my good graces, but it's a very unique type of fighting game, a fighting game of which it's more, much more, how, how would I say it? Uh, environmental awareness. Yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's a beat em up with a, a lot more environmental awareness in terms of like, uh, more, much more of an emphasis of fighting multiple people, um, within your vicinity as well. Um, and also of course being very punishing, um, in a lot of ways. And I like the, the, the dynamic, the dynamic in the game where, you know, every time you die, you age, <laughs> you age, um, much more until you die of old age, technically. Um, which was a pretty cool concept. Uh, and of course definitely flows pretty well in terms of the story of the game as well, but just overall combat, the feel, the feel of, of, you know, the hits hitting people doing the multiple punches in the face, all of it. I really enjoyed the game. And, um, that is why I put it at number nine, number eight, teenage mutant Ninja turtles, shredders, revenge. Um, this game, who, what do I say about this game? Of course, I was very much hyped for it as a, as a teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan growing up as a kid. Um, I think it definitely delivered in terms of bringing Ninja Turtles back to the current generation of games as a beat em up, mind you, um, having a lot of cool sensibilities, um, adding like very subtle mechanics, like of course, like juggle mechanics, uh, which, Hey, Hey, any any game add joke mechanics. I'm 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 interested in in right then and there. Um, what else did they add that was very substantial? Um, probably, of course, odd the love for all of the the lore of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is definitely just a love letter in a lot of ways. Uh, a lot of characters I've, I, even as a fan myself, I've never seen, but I know they probably exist to some capacity, whether it be the animated series or shoot, even the movies <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a few ways. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it did a great job. You could play six player uh, co-op, which is crazy uh, for beat em up, mind you as well. Um, but I, yeah, I think they did everything they needed to do for this game while also balancing that line between not drastically changing what fans, old fans of Ninja Turtles, uh, use are, you know, familiar with, but also pushing it a little bit in, in a direction to kind of like reinvent, like, you know, a beat em ups, um, which I'm always going to respect TMNT for so that is why TMNT Shredder's Revenge, Revenge is at number eight. <sighs> Don't park me, let's go. <laughs> but, it, but I digress. 
number seven. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak um, DLC, mind you, um, uh, is a pretty dope uh, DLC package to Monster Hunter Rise. And uh, I really enjoyed um, the new monsters. Of course, a lot of monsters that we haven't seen in a bit. Uh, Shouts out to Gormagala. Um, who else? What was a good monster? Oh man, I think Barioth. He was cool, but I mean, he's been he's been con- fairly consistent. Um, yeah, Gormagala just sticks out to me personally. Yeah, that's my dog. <laughs> that's my dog. Um, but of course, they added like a lot of new content in terms of the um. I forgot the move system, but basically you get to to do uh change the properties of your move set by just uh swapping between um I guess stances and and technically, but it uh gives you a lot of flexibility in terms like your your uh your move set and like uh what complements what and uh and uh, as well as like your special moves and and things like that, which I think also helped uh keep the game uh engaging as well so uh and of course hey who 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 gonna defy more monster Hunter? i know i'm not um oh yeah i forgot i did i did i did i did play replay on pc to get up to the sunbreak content which was actually pretty fun especially playing the game on a higher fidelity 120 plus fps and uh um Oh, that smooth, that smooth 4K resolution. You got to love it. Um, but overall, I thoroughly enjoyed my experience with Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. So that is why it's at number seven. Number six, Kaito Files DLC. Um, judgment or no, Lost Judgment. Uh, was saving the best for last when they released uh, the Kaito Files DLC uh, for Lost Judgment, which basically lets you play as, uh, you know, um, Yagami's uh, right-hand man, Kaito. And uh, (laughs) off the rip, he he does feel a little bit like Kiryu, but he feels like, yeah, he kind of feels like Kiryu in beast mode, his beast mode stance, if you played the the Zero in uh, the Kiwami. Um, He feels somewhat similar to that, but he does have uh, at least a little bit more identity um, as his own, uh, which I appreciate. And of course, he's got uh, the style switching that was introduced in Lost Judgment with Yagami. Um, He has his own as well, which is which was pretty fun to play, you know, doing them juggles, swapping stances, keep on juggling, swap stances, juggle again. I love it. That was great. It was fantastic. So that is why Kaito Files, DLC. Wait, did I say number seven? I think I. I think I said number six. Just, just gotta be sure. Number six. Number five, Modern Warfare Two. Of course, hey. Um, I ain't got no shame. I'm a sucker for some Call of Duty. I'm a sucker for some cod. <laughs> that makes it sound so much better. <laughs> I'm a sucker for some cod. 
anyway, um, yeah, Modern Warfare Two. I mean, pretty much more, more or less, more Modern Warfare. Um, I for at least at 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 the initial release, multiplayer had a lot of issues, but at least over time, uh, at least up until now, they've definitely have. Um, made a great effort to resolve a lot of at least the biggest glaring issues. I know at least that release, um, probably the biggest one was the, the, uh, double XP counters, which, um, you couldn't see the timing or how much time you had left when you activated them. So you're like, uh, I don't know if I'm still got more. So I'm just, I'm just use some more now and, you know, go over and, maybe waste some cause you thought maybe you were done, but maybe you had more time, but at least they fixed that now that you can actually see the time of your, uh, bonus DLC, um, bonus XP and weapon XP, uh, et cetera tokens. So that was probably the biggest glaring issue. Of course the, um, uh, for me personally, not being able to save your loadouts in terms of your, uh, custom, your gunsmith, uh, customizations. So thankfully that's been fixed. You can actually save your, uh, up to five, um, for each weapon type, uh, gunsmith customization. So that was the biggest other issue for me. And at least the biggest gripe I had was the perk system in terms of the delayed time perk system. But at least, um, they kind of made it a little bit better, but I'm hoping they'll probably eventually change it. I know I'm not the only one in terms of not liking the timed, uh, time slash incentive performance, performance incentive based perk system. Um, so I'm hoping that that, uh, changes and it, it's crazy. I'm talking just negative in terms of this being at, um, number five, but it's, uh, it's not as bad as I'm making it out to be, but I mean, it's like outside of that, the, the, the call of duty is there and I know it'll only get better in time, but at least speaking on the single player campaign, I thought it was pretty damn good for, uh, you know, the expectations you have going into a uh, Call of Duty single player uh, campaign. So you got that. So that is why I put Modern Warfare 2 at number five. Number Number four, four, Neon White. Love me some neon white. Love, love, love me some neon white. Um, at least when this was announced, I think last year, I want to say I was definitely, I was all in. I just love the vibe, the, the whole vibe and presentation of the game totally had me captivated. So that's why I definitely was a huge fan of neon white off the bat. And then after playing it, I was like, Oh, this is pretty dope. This is pretty dope. So at least, uh, I guess what, what, what the game is not, I don't generally see the game getting a good rep for is that it's pretty much a speed running game. Like, a uh, one of the most speed runningness games I've seen. Um, basically a game that teaches you like speed running essentially, which is something I didn't really like notice after like literally playing the whole game. But I mean, essentially it is, it is that, um, you know, basically trying to get the, the next best score, trying to beat your, your score, trying to get, get that gold medal. At least, at least for me, that was my personal goal, at least to get gold on all, uh, all the levels. Um, which, uh, yeah, 
this this game definitely does it of course how, how can i forget about the, the the awesome the dope the dopest soundtrack i've heard this year i i'd say this is by far the best soundtrack this year in my opinion um shouts out to machine girl they did the soundtrack man they they put their foot in it they put they put everything in it i was i, I shoot i'm i bump i bump that soundtrack uh relentlessly had it on loop ever since I played it. So, um, and just the whole vibe experience, the character building, you got Steve Bloom as the uh, main character voice acting. I guess some people had issues with the voice acting, but I liked it. Um, uh, so yeah, overall, very fun experience. Um, I really loved it. It, it was like, yeah, if you mix Mario with adult swim, and a shooter that this it would be neon right I, 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 it feels like which all those things are up my alley so hence why i'm a huge fan of neon white it just feels good that's the i've played it multiple times that's another thing for me uh i've literally uh when you beat the game you get like what i guess essentially is a speed running mode where you just play the levels and you don't you don't do the um uh the dialogue or you know stop and go and talk talk with people and stuff like that so and that was very fun beat it in like two hours which was was a pretty fun experience um so yeah man uh shouts out to neon white man again un, uh, one of probably the most underrated games of the year in my opinion neon white doesn't get uh enough love it did not get um as much love as i personally would want it to so yeah that is why neon white is number four number three final fantasy seven crisis core reunion i don't know why you did that uh but uh yeah final fantasy seven crisis core reunion of course uh for those that don't know huge fan of crisis core uh had me a psp uh roughly around when it came out and uh was a huge fan of crisis core um also being a fan of final fantasy 7 and if you know uh and played the original final fantasy 7 you would get the reference in terms of you know a particular moment that refers to the character zach fair uh which basically delves on that gives you a, is uh this is essentially a prequel to the original final fantasy 7 um, and it's basically been remade and for modern day, um, they definitely updated a lot of stuff, which is, which was pretty dope. Um, at least the PSP game was originally kind of like, a, uh, it, it was like a weird mix between turn based and action. Like, um, so it was like, you could, you're technically controlling Zach, but it was like delayed. Um, but at least now they totally scrapped that. And now it's like the combat is very similar to uh final fantasy seven remake in terms of, um, you basically literally control Zach. There's no delay. Um, so that, that was a pretty dope, uh, welcome change in my opinion. Um, uh, the enemy behavior is obviously they, they updated that to, you know, um, accommodate the, the adjustments to being able to control him directly. The graphics look pretty damn good as somebody who played the, the original for sure. Um, they, they look very close. They, it seems like it's made with the, 
uh, at least the overlay of the 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 um I think Unreal Engine four, which was used to develop uh FF seven remake. So it looks very much similar to that in terms of the characters and stuff, which it looks very good. And even the the cutscenes, which they literally grabbed from the PSP and like upscaled it using like uh, AI, it doesn't. I mean, it's noticeable, but it 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 looks it's pretty serviceable, I think. Um, and yeah, the story is still there. Um, yeah, them them story elements is there, and boy, that story still does hit. It really does, man. That story hits still. So, uh, highly recommend if you are a fan of FF seven, never played it. Uh, it's great. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. But I digress. That is why Final Fantasy seven reunion is number three. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it because it's funny now. Um, <laughs> number two, got a war, Ragnarok. <laughs> God of War Ragnarok. Um, what do I say that has not been said? This game is is, is spectacular. It it uh, I literally was felt very compelled to do everything in the world. I did. I hundred percented it. Got the achievement and all that. And um, I like. <laughs> weirdly enough, one of the best things I like about this game is that it doesn't ask you to waste your time. And what I mean by that is, you know, of course, many games that force you to waste your time doing just just miscellaneous busy quests and not anything that's substantial or, you know, is is worthwhile doing. But a lot of this was there's a lot of elements to the story that basically breaks itself off into these these quests that you do within the world. The world, of course, is wonderful. The combat is great. Uh, the relationship between Kratos and his uh and uh his son Atreus, awesome. Christopher Judge shouts out to him, you know, doing that ten minute, <laughs> ten minute speech at the Game Wars. But I mean, he did a pretty good job, man. He, that he's Kratos now, um, and yeah, man, it's just overall wonderful experience. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed Ragnarok. I think it lived up to a lot of uh, expectations. Uh, I've, I've kind of come to peace with my issue with, uh, you know, uh, Thor's hammer and stuff like that. Uh, if you've listened to was the last episode of the episode before that, but I think, uh, yeah, after more time has passed, I, yeah, I definitely think Ragnarok, it deserves being number two, number one, you already know. Elden Ring. Yeah, Elden Ring. Um, man, what do I even say about Elden Ring? That it's been so long since I played it, but it's the the impression that it's left upon me is still there. Elden Ring is basically what they set out to do. Basically, open world Dark Souls is probably the best way to describe it. But I mean, obviously, it's much more to it than that. But it literally delivered. You know. Just playing that game is it was was just a, a wonderful experience. Uh, you know, playing it on PC didn't have any issues. Just all the graphical fidelity was just wonderful. Um, getting my ass whooped relentlessly 
was wonderful. I loved getting my ass whooped and just, just thinking, what, how can I perform better? Um, I, I will say it definitely felt easier in a lot of ways because of the, the, the fact that you can explore and you do get a lot more flexibility. Um, let's say you get your ass kicked at this one area. You could just leave, go to another area and, you know, or go to some tombs nearby and, you know, get some experience and or, uh, um, essential rings and armor and stuff that will, uh, that at least helped dissipate the frustration a lot more than a traditional dark souls game where, you know, Hey, if you stuck, you got no choice. You got to keep going at it until you get this. But at least with Elden Ring, I think you do get a lot more flexibility to, you know, um, do something else and come back to it, which I think, uh, uh, works in its favor, especially, uh, in this open world format. I think it definitely did it a lot of favor. So yeah, Elden Ring was fun, man. It was a fun experience. Of course, obviously being in that zeitgeist at the time when it dropped, obviously everybody's most anticipated game. And I think it delivered. I think it delivered, obviously having an expectation of souls games and you know what that entails. Um, it was a wonderful experience. I mean, the world, the, the lore, um, you know, helped, helped by J, uh, what's, who's the, not Tolkien, George R. R. Martin. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I really dug it. I really dug it. So that is why Elden Ring is number one. A little fun game. Put like damn, damn near 160 hours. I think some, some, some good 160 hours. Let me tell you. So that ladies and gentlemen, at least concludes top 10 games of 2022. Um, so yeah, outside of that, <laughs> well, yeah, damn. Uh, I was going to talk about crisis core reunion in more detail, but I think I'm going to eliminate that because technically I talked enough about it. So yeah. Other than that, let's get into what I've been playing outside of those games. Uh, Callisto Protocol. Um, one of the highly anticipated games, um, basically from the developers or at least a lot of the developers, that, um, um, that were involved with Dead Space, um, disbanded and made their own new studio, I think Striking Distance. And, um, we got Callisto protocol. So played it, beat it. And, um, yeah, man, I, 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 I was aware, uh, of some of the discourse when it came out, I didn't play it until a little bit after it did. Um, and I'd have to agree with, uh, some of the issues. Um, I definitely, even though I know a lot of people said that there were a lot of technical issues with the game which uh, I thankfully didn't get too many of, but I did have a couple of annoying ones. One where my game randomly just went to like a night view, a night like night slash detective vision mode. And literally clearly was no explanation for it. So I, I literally was forced to restart the game 
Um, that was one I remember. Uh, I think there was one where I, it, it looked like nothing was happening within the game. So I, like, I think a, a certain moment was supposed to happen, but it did just didn't load or script for whatever reason. So I had to restart the game. Those are really the only two big issues outside of that. But in terms of general gameplay loop, um, I was not a huge fan of the combat, to be honest with you. Uh, I think uh, a big problem for me was at least having expectations of dead space going in. So I thought maybe like, oh, oh, shit, maybe. Oh, I guess I guess you're I, I just assume that you're just supposed to dismember enemies to kill them faster like dead space. But it didn't seem like that was the case. So I'll, thankfully, I did kind of catch on that a little bit. Uh, but it just seemed kind of ambiguous in terms of how to kill people. Like even if you shot their head off, they would not necessarily die like quicker. Um, it just seemed like that's the thing that I'm realizing now. It just seemed like a lot of the enemies were bullet sponges rather than like intellectually stimulating enemies along with the combat. And then the combat was a little, it, it was just, it, it just got repetitive for me. Uh, at least the general like loop was melee the enemy multiple times until they get, you know, um, there's a moment where you can, uh, use your gun in addition to the, like a uh, ender of the combo in a way, which sometimes it was hit or miss, which I think that's the intent, excuse me, the intention, but it was just, I don't know. It just didn't feel interesting enough for me. Um, yeah, it just wasn't fascinating enough for me. Um, yeah, there wasn't much enemy variety necessarily. I felt, um, you had occasional stealth elements, which were kind of, kind of annoying. Um, but wasn't too much. It felt like, but, and then the enemy, you had this one consistent boss multiple times and that was it. It wasn't like I would have liked more, I don't know, triple A bosses, if that makes sense, which, you know, maybe that's kind of unrealistic action for like a first IP. But I mean, you know, that's at least kind of the expectation I had going in, especially compared to Dead Space. So, yeah, and then the story was uh, and then after I beat it, I was like, uh, it just it just didn't do it for me personally. Maybe it was just, I was too hyped. I don't know, but yeah, I just came, came away being fairly disappointed with, with the game after it, uh, yeah, after it came out, after I beat it, just a lot of the, the, the twist and plot twists and stuff was just, ah, uh, really, I, I guess. All right. So yeah, unfortunately, crystal protocol was, uh, yeah, it just didn't do it for me. So, uh, at least I technically would put this as my top 10 games of 2022 or it, it was in the running, but no, after I played, I was like, no, this is yeah, a lot of other games I prefer over that. So hopefully, uh, I will say I would like to see a sequel. I think they could learn from at least a lot of the criticism I had. And of course other people and, you know, make a much better a uh, fearful, uh, interesting game. That was also the thing. The game didn't just didn't even feel like scary. It just felt more just, uh, just gory and just gory just for the gore, not necessarily the, the horror, I guess, if that makes sense. Like 
it was more so a fascination of, oh man, how many times can I kill my main character in these certain ways and whatnot that I don't know. It depends if it's, the game is scary, then that can work. But in other cases, it just feels gratuitous rather than like purposeful or like, you know, gelling with the, 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 the world, I guess that, that, yeah, that's just, it just didn't come off that well for some reason. I don't know, but nonetheless, also played, uh, river city girls two. Um, this came out last month technically, but I didn't get around to it until recently. And man, have to say definitely better than the first one. Uh, really enjoyed a lot of the combat. Of course they got, they added the juggles, which, you know, I love me some juggles. Uh, Hey, that's, that's the, <laughs> that should be the pillar for fighting games nowadays or beat em ups. So of course playing the, you know, the river city girls, Misako and what is her name? Damn it. Let me look it up. Um, Misako and Kyoko. Yeah. Misako and Kyoko. And, um, of course, similar plot. Oh no, you defeated, uh, the one girl from the first one. And now she got to go to her dad and lick her wounds. And then her, or, uh, annoying adopted brother is rubbing in her face. And basically <laughs> all, uh, you know, a uh, story ensues, which, you know, Hey, I love it. Um, river city girls. I dig it. River city. The Kunio Kun series was pretty, I'm a fan. So, uh, you also, um, have Kunio and Rikio, uh, Ricky all uh, both unlocked at the start of this one, which, um, makes sense also because you can play this game in four player. Um, and then there's some other characters you unlock, uh, through the course of the game, which I, they're kind of known, but I just to be faithful to the to series, not to spoil anything, leave that as is. But, um, so you got that. And then, um, uh, I, one thing I really do like, and I feel like <laughs> at certain times, I'm like, is it just them? Like, Hey, Hey, you, all right. All right. So basically it's a, like, it's a crazy amount of double dragon references, which technically wasn't the first one, but it, at least for within this one, it doesn't feel as like gratuitous, I guess. Um, it, it didn't feel like, you know, banging you in the head with it. Like, Hey, got Billy and Jimmy Lee. Huh? Oh, we got, you see, you see Sonny. Who's the, you know, not as popular double dragon, but brother, brother, the Lee's. Yeah, we know he's, he exists, you know, we know he exists. Oh, we got this enemy. A lot of these enemies from Double Dragon, you know, one of the characters, Marion. She was from Double Dragon, you know. Man, it's like, what if we made a Double Dragon, huh? That'd be, be kind of cool, you know. We kind of would like, like to make a Double Dragon. You know? Would you guys want a Double Dragon? I don't. I mean, we just. It's not like we just put double dragon all up in this game with, you know, it's expected. Maybe if you guys may want to play double dragon, I don't know. 
you would you would want to make a double dragon if you want it. But <laughs> so it was definitely a lot of that, which I, I was very surprised by. Of course, as a double dragon fan, I'm like, oh hell yeah, I would want that. I, please, please, I want that. So yeah, double dragon, double dragon. Yeah, a lot of a lot of double dragon love. A lot of uh, various characters in the double dragon series uh, made their way into this. So, um, I was a big fan of that. <laughs> as much as I'm joking about it, I mean, I was a huge fan of that. Like, please give us a double dragon. Um, but yeah, in terms of just the general gameplay, the story plot, I really enjoyed it. Of course, you know, River City. Um, I, I like the progression. I like the, you know, uh, uh, character abilities and stuff that you have to buy the money currency. I, I think it was, yeah, they did everything they needed to for river city girls too. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I never got to play the multiplayer. Unfortunately, it was weird. I guess I didn't like the fact that when you pause, you can't technically pause, which makes sense in a multiplayer environment. But just for me, just wanted to play it initially. I was like, nah, I'm good. Maybe I'll play it back. But uh, at least one of the blaring issues that I had with this game is, is the uh, crashing. There was a lot of crashing I encountered in the game and it was oddly during specific moments. And at least after some troubleshooting, I just realized, um, I think it was, it was specifically when I play as Miriam, uh, is when the game would crash for some weird reason. I don't understand it. At least for the Nintendo switch, whenever I would play as Miriam, uh, during certain segments in the game, I guess when like certain flame effects that maybe the game could not handle along with Miriam as a character or something like that, that the game would crash. And it was literally almost every time it was certain segments, certain stages or like specific locations where the game would crash. But it was literally the only thing I, I was able to de deduce was that it was always when I'm playing as playing as Miriam specifically is when the game would crash. I play as literally anybody else. The game would not crash. So I'm not sure why that is, but it was a, a little disappointing because uh, ironically enough, I really enjoyed playing as Miriam, but at least I played with her enough at that point, thankfully, where I was like, okay, I guess I could play somebody else, but was annoying. Nonetheless, I literally, <laughs> that probably added like a good additional two, three hours, I'd say based off of, you know, get to a certain point and the game would crash and I have to go all the way back to that point because the game wasn't able to save before it or whatever. So <sighs> yeah, that's, that's, that, that was a big bummer, but I think after they patch it, I think this game will be magnificent. Definitely would have put in my top get top 10 for 2022, but at least I missed, uh, at least my personal cutoff. I'd say, uh, January 15th is my cutoff for any games that like we're still in 2022. I'm, I was trying to catch up at the time, but definitely would put in my top 10, uh, for sure. Probably top five to be honest with you, but, um, yeah. So there you have it. River city girls Two, wonderful game. I recommend, I recommend. Also played a little bit of uh, Dark Pictures, the double me. So this was is the I think the last 
game in the Dark Pictures anthology, um, uh, the fifth, the fifth and last game. Uh, so played a little bit. I haven't played a lot. Uh, actually, was playing with a girlfriend, and it was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I am enjoying. It. I'm always a sucker for these type of games. You know, The Walking Dead, the Telltale, pretty much the Telltale games. You know, any <laughs> basically interactive movies, and if you boil it down to a lot of it, but I just like the fact that like. You know, hey, uh, somebody died. Ah, oh, what could I have done differently? Ah, oh, all right, let's play it again to see what what we can do to save everybody. How can we kill everybody and stuff like that? So, um, so yeah, the plot with this is that you're like a movie crew, uh, set to record. I think a documentary of I think the this abandoned hotel or whatever. I think that has the reputation of being, excuse me, haunted. I want to say, and then of course you know antics ensue. Uh, where, oh no, we're trapped here all together and what are we going to do to survive? So there might be a killer around here still type of thing. So that's the gist. I've been digging it. Um, yeah, I just like it. I just like it so far, but you know, um, it's more, it's more dark pictures anthology. I don't know what to tell you. You you know what you're getting basically when you play that. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Also, I've been playing Persona Three. Um, uh, they just dropped, I think, last week or no, I think earlier this week. Earlier this week, I want to say. But nonetheless, um, Persona 3 and Persona 4, at least released on uh, consoles uh, other than PlayStation. Well, no, everywhere, actually. Yeah, uh, pretty much almost everywhere. Switch, Xbox, uh, PS5. So I chose to play it on a Game Pass um, since I was like, hey, why not? You know, Um, uh, so, yeah. (laughs) And now I'm like almost 20 hours in. (laughs) So uh, really, really digging it, actually. Um, I guess the biggest thing I'm surprised by, um, having, having played and beat persona five and totally loving that. Um, I'm very surprised by how similar it is to, uh, persona five in terms of the general formula. I thought it would be way more watered down than what it actually is as a persona game. Um, probably the only thing I wish it was more, um, I think. I wish it was the persona three Fez version on a PlayStation where basically you can actually walk and run around the environment. But at least with this persona three portable version, you have to scroll your cursor around these pre like pre rendered maps throughout the game where it's, it's a little weird. It feels a little uh, low effort, but um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't break the game that much. I'm I'm just curious to I'm probably maybe going to play the PS2 version out of curiosity, but um I kind of wish they just did a hybrid of of that where they like, you know, put in the elements of the the uh, PS2 version which I think there are rumors about there them actually doing a Persona 3 remake, which that might actually probably answer my issue with it. <laughs> But then it's like, at that point, why not just not release this and then just release that technically? But 
I digress. Maybe just to give you more options, freedom. But then again, they do the full remake treatment. So I think for purists, maybe, you know, they would like to have this versus the remake either way, but who knows? Um, but nonetheless, I, I still enjoy it. I still clearly I've been enjoying it. Um, you know, um, pretty much a similar plot. Uh, what do you know to persona in terms of, you know, there's this, uh, well, I guess not to really spoil it. I don't want to spoil it necessarily, but pretty similar story beats, obviously, you know, different enough to make it feel like its own. Of course, some pretty, some pretty dope tracks, some dope music. Love me, uh, love me some persona. So I definitely see myself playing for, for sure. Cause I hear, um, I hear a lot of the parties in terms of like, yeah, like what's your favorite persona? You know, like, uh, I love three, four is my favorite and all five, at least so far. I don't know. It's hard to, it feel like it's very hard to top five for me personally. But then again, that's my first persona. I'm not sure if maybe that's a thing where, you know, you tend to have an affliction with the first game in a series you play maybe, but I don't know. I feel like that's not a hundred percent true because I don't know, playing seven, I feel like that's to, well, that, that doesn't support my case either way, but nonetheless. Um, but yeah, thoroughly enjoying persona three, um, getting back to my RPG roots and I love it. I love it a lot. I love it a lot. And that's going to conclude what I've been playing lately. Getting what about what I've been watching, uh, which has been. The Last of Us uh, TV show. For those that may not know, The Last of Us, they uh, finally got uh, a show uh, greenlit and um, uh, airing on uh, HBO Max. Um, Watched the first two episodes. Uh, They come out every Sunday and uh, really been digging it as a fan, of course, the, the of the game. I think they've been they've done a good job of like some other games, uh, other games, the movies and TV that we won't mention <laughs> resident evil, uh, that have done a very good job of, you know, being faithful to faithful to the source material, like a lot of, of games, the movies should do, but I digress. I digress. Um, so yeah, pretty much similar plot. Of course, you know, Joel, being a grizzled old man, you know, meeting Ellie and, you know, of course the antics ensue in terms of being a, you know, supportive, uh, father figure for, uh, Ellie and, you know, all that slowly coming to be. Um, but I think I I really dig the faithfulness. It, It just feels like last of us in, in movie form. Um, there are some notable changes, uh, none that aren't too spoilery. Um, I like how they play with, uh, the infected being like, uh, a straight up fungal infection. And at least presumably, uh, based on some of the, the lore and like uh, nerdy stuff I've been looking at, like that <laughs> literally the infection could have started due to some, just some, uh, some flower and, uh, flower being infected and, and, you know, eating it through baked goods and people getting literally infected that way. Um, 
So they definitely made some tweaks to like the origin story and like how it happened and stuff like that, but nothing too drastically just different from the source material. It just, a lot of it just makes sense in terms of translating to a TV format. So, um, you know, yeah, a lot of just the unrealistic stuff, like, Oh, we killed 50 people and, um, you know, uh, oh, Ellie, I'm so sorry. Uh, man, I, I bruised, I, I just stabbed myself after killing 50 people. <laughs> That's probably not the best example, but, um, well, no, they actually do kind of, uh, they kind of t- like highlight that I recall. So I can't even hundred percent say that, but basically some of the video game logic that obviously wouldn't translate to a, um, a movie, you know, realistic format, if you will. <laughs> Unfortunately, I haven't seen Joe make any shivs or anything to sneak up on some of these tickers. Uh, you know, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> it was realistic in terms of certain aspects where, you know, <laughs> shooting blindly at enemies and wondering why they, they aren't dying, but because you're not shooting for the head, Joel, but I digress. Overall, I'm thoroughly enjoying The Last of Us. It's it's a pretty fun experience, at least obviously being a huge fan of the games and, you know, seeing what they do different, which is a pretty fun uh, component. And even for people who've never watched the um, or played the game, uh, seeing their angle from it, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I hear it is doing ridiculously well. It's like had like like it's had the most viewing. um day of, uh, just behind, uh, game of Thrones or house of the dragon specifically, which has, I think has the, the, the highest record in terms of most viewership in a day or something like that. And I think it, it, it even increased, uh, like 20% more than 20% more, uh, the, within the next episode, which also is very promising. And at least timing wise, I think, man, this was like a perfect time for them to drop it to, you know, obviously after, uh, the walking dead has ended its season, you know, people clamoring for a, you know, uh, zombie like horror, um, you know, show. So I dig it for that as well. So, um, yeah, last of us, I'm happy for it. Happy for PlayStation studios. Uh, Neil Druckmann, who of course uh, was the director of the the game, he seems to be very heavily involved with the showrunner of of the show, who I guess worked on Chernobyl, which is apparently very good, which I've yet to watch. So uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. Love that. I love it. So yeah, that will conclude. With that being said, we'll conclude. I think episode 168 of switches sites um if you did like this podcast feel free to like rate subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms um you can catch me uh stream this live on twitch tv slash a switch on thursdays ideally um yeah you can also catch the archives on youtube.com slash a switch as well yeah uh, until next time y'all uh happy new year uh get your damn game on and feel free to fuck (laughs) Uh, 
Until next time, y'all. Oh, yeah. Nobody's safe.